So because I have read nothing but bad reviews, I think the, the best way to start this off, I'm going to start off with a quote, and then we'll get into it. I think one of the better ones that I've seen is, the question isn't whether Suicide Squad is as good as the Avengers, but whether it's as bad as Green Lantern. Oh, that is... That's a very bold... Who the hell wrote that? (laughs) I think he was with the New York Post. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Real Talk. This is Al Explains It All. Joined, as always, by producer Seth. What's up? And we are talking Suicide Squad. And speaking of squad goals, we've got an A-plus player with us today. Jonathan Monte. Tell the people hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> we're good. Um, I'm actually happy you're here because when we were talking DC, we actually have a running list of people we want to talk to, and uh, you were at the top of the list for our DC crew, so welcome. It had nothing to do with me sending you massive amounts of text messages <laughs> saying, you have to let me talk about DC. I yeah. want to be on the podcast. Well, and you have to be because I... It's very interesting. So today's podcast is... I, I wanted to do it like this because... After Batman v Superman, I was so let down that I told myself I was not going to see Suicide Squad until it came out and I was able to have a conversation about it. And Seth and Jonathan, both of you have seen Suicide Squad. Yep, we saw it uh, last Friday night, opening night. Well, not quite opening night, but... Yeah, 11.30 showing. Mm-hmm. That's a good-sized crowd, good-sized crowd. Yeah, we actually, we, we got in there kind of early, and we thought, oh, this is something, it was like nobody in there. So we're thinking, people are listening to the reviews, nobody's going to show up. Sure enough, people kept coming in, in, and in. Next thing we knew, it was pretty much full theater. Well, obviously, people don't listen or have taste, because as of a week, uh, this movie has pulled in $161 million. Uh, domestic. Domestic. Not even including. And I'm not going to lie, I read most of their reviews. Uh, and I, I was thinking about not seeing it, and then mm-hmm. I talked to producer Seth. We obviously work together, so mm-hmm. and I said, "Hey, do you want to go see it after work?" I invited some people, but they never nothing. got back with us. <laughs> nothing. They, not, and, we uh, hit them up, and, yeah. and nothing happened. Nothing happened. You know, everybody's got plans. Plans. People have marriages and M- marriages and, and thank and you cards, babies. Well, look, look, I. It was a decision between a Suicide Squad and a Suicide Pact. Depending how bad this movie was going to be, I didn't know if I was going to walk out of it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I didn't, I mean, one of the reviews I saw was, I did not know that Suicide Squad was referring to the audience. (laughs) So, this is... It's it's really funny, because, you know, as we'll go into it, uh, you know, as, you know, we discuss it, it's, they, they really... Either didn't get it or they just blew it well, out of proportion. So, so you, so Seth and Jonathan, you both are are under the um, the criticism and the review mindset of this is a movie you should you should go see. If you're curious and you're interested in it, go see it. I mean, no harm, no foul in going see it, right? I mean, if you are a fan of comic books, if you read DC, if, even if you read Marvel. If you're a fan of comic books, uh, I'd, I'd say at least give it a shot. Go see it. Even if you're not, this, this is the way I look at it. If you looked at the trailer, and this is kind of like going back to Ghostbusters. We saw the trailer, and I didn't like the looks of the trailer. This is the opposite. You, If you watch the trailer for Suicide Squad, you said, that looks like a fun movie. I want to go see it. I still say go see it. Well, and this is the interesting thing that you bring up. A lot of the criticisms about this movie come from the fact that the people that cut the trailer actually were brought in to cut the movie. And some of the people who worked on the movie said Suicide Squad ended up being a very different Different. creature Mm -hmm. than what it was originally imagined to be. So... I feel like one of the biggest criticisms, because you guys say a lot of people didn't get it. Well, twenty-nine. it's got a 29% critically on Rotten Tomatoes. It, I mean, it's it's hovering in the 20s. So if you say that, oh, well, critics didn't get it. Well, if they all didn't get it, doesn't that say something? It says that critics are expecting... So, I mean, I forgot who, who said it. I read an article and said... No, I think it was Boogie. Because, you know, I mean, yeah. we enjoy Boogie on YouTube. He said, 
they're expecting it to be the next Revenant. Everything's got to be the next big, huge, amazing Oscar-nominated movie, Oscar-winning movie. And it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. But it doesn't mean that it's a terrible piece of garbage movie. Well, so, Jonathan, I'm going to ask you a question under the mindset of uh, two things. As a movie fan, did you like it? And as a DC fan, did you like it? Because I feel like there's a fine line there where you could say, oh, it's a good movie, but as a DC fan, I hated it. I'm going to say this right now. As a movie fan and as a DC fan, walking in, I my immediate thought was, I'm going to be extremely disappointed with this movie. I'm going to be upset. I, I feel I felt like I was going into Batman versus Superman again. And as a as a DC fan, I thought it was a I thought it was a good movie. I didn't think it was a I it, like like that quote you talked about at mm-hmm. the beginning. It whether it's an Avengers or a Green Lantern, it's very much in that middle ground. It's not a perfect movie. It's not a horrible movie. As a as a movie person, I kind of went into it, and I'm I'm usually nitpicky very mm-hmm. much because like I had I, I've been through school where I had to nitpick movies all yeah. the time, and I so I kind of from the beginning I went to nitpick like the first thing I saw that I wanted to nitpick I was like oh god, but then I was like all right I'm just I'm just gonna watch this movie yeah. just watch it without this critical thinking without having to nitpick everything. And it actually, I, I felt that like that made it a more enjoyable movie for me, and it allowed the comic book fan in me to enjoy the movie more than the movie fan. Well, Monte, you're an interesting, you're an interesting specimen, so to speak, because not only are you a DC fan, you went to school for film. Yeah. So, do you feel like you watched it with a more critical eye, or were you, I'm a DC fan, ready for a win? I, I actually turned off my critical eye, <laughs> but I, I felt like. I felt like, uh, whereas I like to say this, like Batman versus Superman was trying to be a good movie all around. It was trying to be a movie all around, trying to be a critically acclaimed movie. Uh, a a lot of, of art. Trying to be like a, a Dark Knight, trying to be like a Batman Begins, which a, as a DC fan, I kind of separate that trilogy because I feel like it's more of a real world like yeah. take on this, whereas this DC universe that they have right now, it's it's closer to the comics it has some separations, which I don't appreciate, but uh, it, it's definitely more of a comic book universe than that yeah. universe. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely. It feels like it's more grounded. I mean, they they're using. I feel like Christopher Nolan sort of uses uh, the realistic template, whereas the guys building the DC universe seem to be using comic books as their template, and that's why I think they brought on Jeff Johns. Because you gotta have Jeff Johns because he's in charge of DC. So if he's making sure they're not completely screwing it up, well, well he is now. Well, he yeah, is now. he is now. He is now. <laughs> um. So in the so but the full, full disclosure on the movie. Now we were talking about the critical eye. It definitely has its flaws. You know, it's got some issues with pacing definitely, and, definitely. and stuff like that. But you know, when but like Monte said, we're we try not to look at it like that because mm-hmm. we do that with so many other movies so we don't want to try to break it down critically because that's what the critics are doing and yeah. it sometimes doesn't give it a fair shot now does that mean we didn't give batman versus superman a fair shot no because batman versus superman tried to be something it wasn't yeah so so what i'm hearing both of you say is is that suicide squad realized the flaws of batman v superman and they they turned their thought process into something different and tried to ma- tried to make it stand on its own. Monte, we were leaving the theater and Monte said a word, and I'll, I'm going to see if you remember what it was, in reference to him watching this one and and the other DC movies. He used a particular word. Do you remember what it was? And it sums everything up. I, I know after Batman vs. Superman, I called it dumb. But I mean, in re- you said so you found Suicide Squad to be this word as opposed to the, to the other stuff. You remember what you said? Uh, he used the word refreshing. And yeah. I thought that really summed it all up. Because finally, somebody, they didn't get it perfect, but they didn't screw it up so badly. It was just refreshing. Yeah, They weren't trying to be grim. They weren't trying to be uh, too serious. 
Uh, well, you're, you're not seeing Superman with a sad face all the time. And snapping people's necks. Well, and, like like Seth just did to his own. Uh, I don't know if you could hear that in the background. You know I go to the chiropractor occasionally. i got to crack my <laughs> neck, man. Come on. Um, I, I just, I, I'm waiting for Batman vs. Superman to come out just so I can make the gif of him in the fire. Just everything is fine. Everything <laughs> is fine. This is fine. This it's is fine. fine. Let's just shoot a new kick Superman. Um, but do you think that's a testament to the fact that they pulled Snyder kind of off of these projects because you've got Man of Steel and you've got Batman v Superman. This is really the first kind of DC movie that is sans um, Zack Snyder and we've got David Ayer taking over. Do you think that that was a big difference maker when it came to this movie? I mean, possibly. I feel like one of the refreshing things about this movie, because it has all these villains, it has all these people in it, it kind of... it You're finally getting some world building in the DC Universe where you're you're seeing different characters, different elements. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but you do see a certain character in this movie who I was not expecting to see. It was very refreshing to see him just for the just for the flash in it when he was on right, the TV. Right, right, yeah. But it was very refreshing to see him. Um, so I'll I'll ask you this if you guys don't mind if you can very quickly uh, off the top of your head if you can maybe run through just a list of the villains that either appear or are in Suicide Squad. Because this is this isn't an Avengers flick. We're talking about villains here. Yeah, so these people are the might guys. not know the bad guys of the right. DC universe. And so. especially if you if you know DC universe, you know that Suicide Squad, while they are bad guys, they aren't the cream of the crop. Yeah. They're definitely They're the expendable ex- expendable bad guys. They're pretty guys. much the expendables of the DC universe. And, but you have a good mix of uh of, of, ro- very no- of different rogue galleries and not only that, but very well known characters. Because I mean, even if you, I mean, I think the majority of of comic book fans would probably know of Harley Quinn mm-hmm. because of her connection to the Joker. Um, obviously, you know, Deadshot, Katana. These people are probably on the the farther. Yeah, not side. many people are gonna know like a Captain Boomerang. He's even a, though they really should. Oh, Captain Boomerang. Well. He is my favorite. Of the rogues after Captain Cold, which uh, the the rogues I'm talking about the rogues gallery of uh, the Flash, because he's an Australian, he throws boomerangs, Captain <laughs> and, Boomerang, and that somehow <laughs> makes him. Um, that is how special. you name someone in the Flash's rogue gallery, <laughs> and it's interesting that you refer to them as the rogues gallery because different superheroes each come with their own rogues gallery. Yes, uh, you have obviously uh, Batman villains, Harley Quinn, uh, Killer Croc in this movie. Uh, you yeah. have Katana, who is actually not a villain. Right. She is not a villain uh, in the DC universe. And Slipknot, don't forget Slipknot. And sli- uh, can't forget Slipknot. <laughs> can't forget Slipknot. <laughs> no matter I mean, how hard you try. No matter how hard you try. Every every hardcore rock song that comes on the radio and somebody goes, who is that? I go, oh, that's, Slipknot, that's Slipknot. That's Slipknot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so as a DC fan, mm-hmm. let me ask you this, Monte. Are you happy that they... mass introduce these villains to give viewers a little bit of an introduction or do you feel like they maybe squandered an opportunity to introduce these villains later on as arch nemesis in different films I mean I'm I'm actually happy that they were able to introduce these villains these villains while they are villains they definitely wouldn't play a major part they're definitely not going to be playing a major part in Justice League when you bring in people uh, supposedly, as they're talking, like Dark Side, these people are <laughs> are nothing compared to Dark Side. And but I mean, come on, Jared Leto gave people dead cats, dead pigs, anal beads, and used condoms. I mean, how how is the Justice League not going to go up against that guy? I mean, he's, he's put so in all this work. He's so method. <laughs> Apparently, Jared Leto was busy doing that other stuff instead of being a part of this movie. Mm. Now that applause. wasn't now now that's not fair because that wasn't his fault. That, that was, was that was that was definitely the editing. Because yeah. based on what he's talked about, there was a lot more. Whoa! To be fair, I think whoever edited this movie probably pulled the most Joker move out of anyone by letting Jared Leto <laughs> do all this stuff, method and never breaking character for all this time, and going, "I'm gonna edit you out of everything." <laughs> but you know, and he, obviously everybody was talking about it. Oh. People, that's the, the one of the big things from the movie. There wasn't enough Leto. There wasn't enough Joker. But honestly, I felt 
there was just enough. You don't want too much Joker because it overshadows the rest of the characters, obviously. I Yeah, I feel like you can't have a villain and have the Joker as a side villain in anything. That's why he was never in the Legion of Doom, really. That's why he was never... He never was a part of, like I was talking about, I keep talking about the rogues gallery. He was never really yeah. a leader in it. He, because he just, he overshadows everyone. And he, I, I, Jared Leto though, and the Joker character in this movie, it's a, it's a good metaphor for Suicide Squad as, as a whole. He, he wasn't bad as the Joker. Uh, but he, he was he wasn't he wasn't the best like he right. he's not going to blow you away with his performance as Joker. He was he was he was there. Critics are calling <laughs> critics are calling Suicide Squad okay and <laughs> I guess you could see it and USA Today says of Jared Leto Jared Leto's Joker he was there. It's like the neutral <laughs> he, like the neutral planet from Futurama. My gut I says I saw the movie and I saw it. My gut says Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and, you know, and that kind of explains maybe one of the reasons he's pissed about it is because it didn't give him the chance to do his version of the Joker. It wasn't enough. Obviously, Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, they were the, the main plot points in their movies. So they had their version of the Joker. But obviously, if so much stuff is, of his was cut, he didn't, he may have feel cheated like... I was supposed to have an opportunity but, to be this iconic but, character, but does that, and, I didn't, and I didn't get to. But does that say something? As an editor looking at the movie, if you're carrying your own weight and you have moments that... Because there are people that improvise on the fly. Arlie Ermey, in Full Metal Jacket, came in and improvised almost all of his lines. And he made that film. It's iconic now. So you have somebody come in method, never-breaking character, and they say, you give about five minutes to this movie. Does that speak to the portrayal of the character, or does it speak to the overall movie that you didn't fit in? Would it have been better off without the Joker? Exactly. Because the whole movie is about the Suicide Squad. It's about the D-Squad. It's not about the Joker. So why put him in there anyway if he is clearly going to overshadow everybody else? I I feel like you could have had him... Something funny? I'm sorry. I'm just imagining people Googling D-Squad. To see what you're talking about and <laughs> coming across something completely different. I feel like it, you could have had him as a separate entity but never shown him in the movie. And it would have worked just as well uh, just for plot purposes and yeah. to not overshadow. I Now, I understand you need Joker a little bit to if you want to try to tell people who don't know Harley Quinn's backstory. Right. Uh, but yeah, or that plot point of the movie, yeah. why he's. Well, but I feel like the Joker there. works best when he's playing opposite Batman, playing the opposite of this stern, brooding Batman who obviously who, uh, which I like to pivot to uh, the Batman, the Batfleck, just like with Affleck, every where everyone was kind of concerned about how he would portray, how he would be in this movie. That's kind of this how I felt. About Will Smith as Deadshot, I was oh, very, very nice. concerned about Will Smith as Deadshot. I thought, one, they're paying him too much to for this movie because you're obviously going to have a lot have to do a lot yeah, of Deadshot in this movie. Will. And Floyd Lawton, for me as a DC Comics reader, when you think of Floyd Lawton, when you think of Deadshot, Will Smith is not the first person you think of, just because of. How you were raised with him. Well, yeah, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I don't see as <laughs> as a dead shot, but he was he was refreshing. He was yes. he was refreshing his role. I feel like he brought he brought uh, what you would look for in the character of Deadshot to yeah. it, and uh, he gave you that kind of sense. If you've read, if you know DC, Deadshot, he's he's a cold blooded assassin, but he's not. He's not necessarily a bad guy. He's not a monster. He's not a monster. What, He's a hitman for hire. Was he was he driven into this life? No, he he he's just he does it for money. Yeah. And he does it for his family and Okay. And and it's funny you mentioned DC like and we talked about it before. I knew nothing about the Suicide Squad. So for me Deadshot is a a a blank page. And like I said, I like you said I enjoyed his portrayal as him 
because he wasn't too Will Smith with it. And that's the best way. You know, he's not in the mm-hmm. ha you know, oh, being hey. Will nah, nah, Smith. Nah, 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 because he's pro- <laughs> Will Smith has proven to be uh, a fairly versatile actor. Yeah. And, you know, he did. He obviously had his, I mean, he's so everything's going to come across as the person they are a little bit. But, like I said, he still convinced me of the role that he was playing. So, he, so that's why I was like, okay, he did a good job. Yeah. So it was his backstory that he was, his life got flipped, turned upside down, and he was thrust into a life of uh, assassinhood. Yeah, he was just shooting some b-ball <laughs> out by the school. He got in a fight, and his mom got scared. He said, "He moving with the auntie and uncle and then to he Bell Shot Reeve. his mom well, to Bell Reeve. Ooh, nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he shot his mom. Um. Well, that's an interesting. It's an interesting thing that you said that Will Smith does a, uh, such a good, a good job with this character. I, I don't know, and I'm going to ask you this: Is there a Nick Fury moment in this movie? And I ask that in the sense of, um, at the end of Iron Man One, when Nick Fury walks in at the end of the movie, um, and spoiler alert, and, and talks about <laughs> I the. Still have not seen Iron Man. <laughs> You are a DC guy. Um, and they talk about the Avengers Initiative. Is there that moment in Suicide Squad? Because I feel like Marvel's biggest thing is introducing characters and people that portray these characters and going, oh my god, man, what a perfect fit. I feel like Jared Leto, that would have been a great reveal if they would have not shown him and then maybe you know, maybe hid the casting or didn't say anything about it and then had him show up, maybe rescue Harley at the end of the movie. I don't know if that works because I haven't seen it. But do you think that would have been more effective to reveal some of these characters in a Nick Fury-esque type of way? Or are you happy with the movie as it stands now? I, I pose that to both of you. Well, it's it's tough to say because I think at this, at this point, well, now granted... People weren't familiar with Nick Fury at that time either. Yeah. But I think people more are more familiar with Marvel characters now than they are with DC just because of the amount of, of movies that Marvel has pushed out. But honestly, you know, give me a character that could have made the impact that Nick Fury would have. Uh, I, I don't think, I mean, you for, know, you for, DC, for DC characters? This, for this movie. Um, not not necessarily the Joker, but I mean, you know, it, Deathstroke. It's, uh, it's tough to say. I mean, yeah, it, it is tough to say. I mean, I'm just I'm gonna start grasping for straws. I mean, there, I will say, uh, there is a scene after the credits that we are sets in the up. Middle, it's a middle credit. Well, scene. Yeah, middle credit scene that sets up for the continuation of the. Yeah, in case Story. you plan on waiting. After it's not introducing any new characters mm-hmm. that you don't already know of, but uh, it's I I enjoyed the scene and I think it definitely helps set up the future of the DC universe. I'm trying to, which I, I'd also I like to point out. Uh, speaking of Nick Fury, Viola Davis, Viola Davis, excellent as woman. I, I was Waller. just about Boy. to excellent the wall. Were, she is the wall. They were right. Because uh, I, I, I'd seen a lot of interviews that, like, specifically when Conan had the whole cast on, and they said, man, I don't, every, no, nobody compared to how scary she was. She was a ball buster. Like, she, she, you didn't, she didn't flinch. It was, um, well, if you think, if you think about it, if you look at the backstory of these characters, Technically, this is just how to get away with murder. The movie. <laughs> um, you've got less crying, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and less flashbacks. I assume there may be some flashbacks. I don't know. Are there flashbacks? Spoiler alert! <laughs> Alex is the only person here that watches how to get away with murder. Uh, I d- look. I don't. TGIT, I'm glad, I'm glad baby. I was, I was the one that was like, okay, I'm laughing, but I don't get the joke. Oh, no, no, no. I, I have no I have no idea about it either. It's just a shameless but... plug for where I work. Yeah, exactly. TGIT. The nerve. Um, but apparently she did a really good job. So it seems as if you guys were pleasantly surprised going into it. So is this a situation where you lower your expectations? So... If you have low enough expectations, anything will surpass them. Is DC at the point now where you just walk in and go, all right, 
I've seen the lowest of the low. Nothing's going to be as bad as some as Green Lantern. I mean, are, is it at this point? Is this where we're at right now? Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Why'd you? That was a horrible movie. God. <laughs> With a C. Oh, like I I barely remember it because I try not to remember. Yeah, because it. it was just bad. Well, and let's pop in the Blu-ray. I think I own it. <laughs> well. <laughs> I swear, watching I'm, watching that movie will actually make your brain as big as the guy in that movie cut from <laughs> yeah. all the tumors that it'll give you. <laughs> well, and it's an interesting point because Ryan Reynolds is in that role, and everybody, even Ryan Reynolds himself, is like, "Oh God, Green Lantern!" You put him in the shoes of Deadpool, and he thrives. So, is you guys have said this continuously? Is DC just trying too hard? to compete or keep up with Marvel? Because it seems like a lot of the missteps have been that they're just trying too hard. Definitely. It's 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 definitely a try-hard situation because not only are they trying to catch up in the sense that they're rushing out all these characters and trying to develop them within a much smaller time frame and within one or two movies, but you got guys like Zack Schneider who just try to make a philosophical art film out of something that didn't need to be like that. You had the chance to make the great, you know, Dark Knight Returns. And you turned it into the death of Superman slash number of other arcs within the comic book canon. And it came out just a a bowl of garbage. Yeah. So here's another question. Does Suicide Squad t- try to tell an original story? Because that also seems like some of DC's issues is that Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, they have relied on source material and not adapted it very well. So as the DC guy, Monte, does Suicide Squad tell an original version or do they abide by some of the comics that have already come out? Uh, is this a story in line that was new to you, or did you kind of know what was going to happen when you went it, in? It it definitely was a a newish storyline. If anyone who actually reads Suicide Squad will know that the lineup in this Suicide Squad is not the original lineup. It's not the main lineup. A, l- a lot of people know that Harley Quinn was not one of the original, uh, but some of them like Enchantress, uh, Deadshot, Rick Flag, obviously, who Joel Kinnaman or he was very good as Rick Flag. I, I felt like in that role that Rick Flag plays for the Suicide Squad, he was very good. But yeah, you have it. It felt like some of the people were just added in bits and pieces because Suicide Squad is one of those comic books where you have like a set group, but there's always new people coming in, new different people. Captain Boomerang's obviously a, a mainstay of it, but then yeah, you usually don't see guys like Slipknot, El Diablo. Who El Diablo Jay Hernandez was very good in yes. this movie. I felt like he, for such a small kind of role that he had in the film, the amount of storytelling that they gave him, yeah, developed it, very well. He developed really good. He was great. And you, one one of the few characters that you really connected with once you, you know, learn of who he is and everything. It's well, really good. I'm I'm gonna pick apart what you just said. You said one of the few characters. Is it a flaw in Suicide Squad, again, that they're trying too much? Because one of the main issues and criticisms that I've heard is that pacing is a big issue in this movie. Like the first 20 to 30 minutes, everybody's thinking like, ugh, Yeah, God. I mentioned that. The pacing is off because, you know, you want it to be equal. The first, ten, like you said, 20 chaotic because of the way it was shot, the, the, the composition of it. But... I didn't find it a negative. I was kind of digging it because it's Suicide Squad. You wanted to be a little chaotic, but then that slowed down to start kind of breaking down the basic plot, and then they didn't do a good job of it. So for the next forty minutes, you're kind you kind of know what's going on, but you're lost. And then eventually, once the story starts coming together, you start putting the pieces together. And you go, okay. I finally know what's going on. You can sit back and, and start to really enjoy the movie. That's that. That was kind of the way I looked at it. Yeah, there was a there was a moment where you, where uh, I mean, right whenever the the big bad, so you will, of the film starts, and you're just like, wait, 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 wait what's going on? Right. Wait, yeah. Wait, that was okay, definitely. Wait, hold on. Wait. Oh. Oh. Okay. 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 So wait. Like so wait. So, so this is so, happening. 
Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I got it. You're thinking yourself. Okay. So got it. You're trying to make the connections. It, but like I said, it's and they don't. Gosh, I, I'm trying to figure out what the exposition was. I'm hoping it wasn't just straight up told to you, which yeah. we, you know we always talk about how we hate. Um, you know, you can't. Your characters can't tell you how they feel. That makes me feel angry. That makes me feel angry. <laughs> so I'm hoping it wasn't that bad, but it may have been a little bit about that to where they just have to say it for you to understand what was going on. Um, but yeah, there's like I said, it's it within its flaws. Pacing was definitely one of them. So, so the question remains: Who should go and see this film? Because I think the first thing is. If you're going to see the new Joker, if you're going to go specifically for a Joker movie, don't go see it, from my understanding. No, I, yeah, I would definitely say you're not going to... This is not going to be the next Heath Ledger-level performance. Not saying it couldn't be, mm-hmm. but it's not about him. The movie's not about the Joker. Which I think Jared Leto has an issue with. <laughs> Apparently he thought he... <laughs> I, well, I guess he shot enough stuff... To where he thought that this movie was going to be well, about him. Oh, he shot enough stuff, all right. I mean, you're so vain. Use condoms. You probably think this movie's about you. Oh, oh, god. Thirty seconds to Mars, more like thirty seconds to leaving this movie. More like thirty seconds of screen time. <laughs> Y'all just made two thirty seconds to Mars jokes, there's and a, you're gonna uh, me. There's a reason we brought him here. Oh. <laughs> Jared um, Leto was just like, bury me, bury me. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Starts. I know. Louisiana's own Jared Leto. Oh, God. Yep. That's God. true. Louisiana strong, from, man. from the Shreveport. Oh, man. Shreveport. That explains be... it. Shout out to Pettigeon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be so happy. Shreveport must be so proud. That's actually, ladies and gentlemen, listen to the podcast. This was a historical moment. That's the first time that sentence has ever been put together in the English. Shreveport must have been so proud. (laughs) In the the English language. Oh. um, So, going forward, Suicide Squad 2, Electric Boogaloo, is is there a sequel? Do you think that there is a possibility for a sequel? Because, I mean, you've got enough. Could Killer Croc be the main baddie in a movie? Or is this, would you like to see more DC movies in the sense of, Okay, I want to see a Flash Rogues Gallery movie. I want to see a Batman Rogues Gallery movie. If DC's going to set all these people up, why don't we set them up in these in these group? Because that may be something original. Now that I'm thinking about it, that it hasn't been done before. If Marvel is going to do the Marvel team-up movies with the heroes, why can't D- DC do the villains? I, I feel like Suicide Squad is a different take on this because a lot of times like if you do a villains movie like when they talked about the sinister six movie i don't know how that works because one it's hard to root for the villains in uh, a legion of doom or a sinister six or uh i guess whatever it would be called in marvel i don't i don't know do they well, have a group well the do re- they have a team club well the reason it wouldn't work is because it it absolutely did not work because once the Amazing Spider-Man Two happened, everybody just realized that they needed to shut that down real quick. But Su- um, Suicide Squad, you definitely have uh, the stakes because, like I said, like Deadshot, not the not a really a bad guy. Yeah, uh, he's a good guy, and also you have the stakes of where basically, basically they're being threatened for their lives. Um, uh, I could definitely see a standalone, and I think this is. Would make Jared Leto a little happy, and I think everybody. I think I could definitely see a standalone Harley Quinn Joker movie. Well, and I think, and I think that's what people really, in the end, that's what people just wanted to see. And everybody that I'm hearing is, you know, there are some people that are critics out there that, well, at least we'll get a lot of Deadshot and Harley Quinn cosplay at Comic Con this year. Um, but it's gonna have you ever been to it? Whoever who whoever said that has never been to a con. Yeah. Because, because yeah. slave Leia's and Harley Quinns Quins, are a plenty, and uh, and that goes for females and males. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some dude. Har- there's Everybody some, loves some Harley. There's some Quinn. lady oh. jokers. There's some dude Harley Quinns. I'm gonna go as Harley Davidson. I'm just gonna go as a dude Harley Quinn, just all burly, and I think Seth is pulling out a gun. Shout, <laughs> shout out to Jordan. Uh, hey. Hey-o. Yeah. yeah I, uh, 
for, if you're wondering what we're aoing about it for uh, our white uh, white elephant. What is it? <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. With that. I don't think what? you can say that on the, the podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's you know the, the the Christmas thing where you buy gifts for people and they don't know who it is. Whatever. So white people Christmas. White, white elephant. White elephant. I never said white people anything. White people well, buy just, other white people pop vinyls. You're just talking about the white. Anyway, in the, uh, the uh, friend of mine that I worked with got me a Harley Quinn pop vinyl. It was the first pop vinyl I had actually ever owned because I did not want to fall down. No, that. I, no, I think you questioned me like you were looking at it. You were looking into them, and I told you no. I I were specifically. Oh no 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 I, I no I agree no you definitely talked me out of it because it would have been a bad idea because like I said I can't get just the Red Ranger I got to get them all so yeah. I was like, I'm not going down that road but what's interesting is that you were asked by Jordan what does Seth like what would he be into and you obviously hit the the first three things Ghostbusters Power Rangers and probably Ninja Turtles yep. And got my Harley Quinn. <laughs> and I, I love it. You know, like I said, it's it's the only pop vinyl I have. It's the only one I ever planned to have. Um, but I love it because it was a gift. And out of all the DC stuff I would have gotten, honestly, she's probably the most interesting character. Because like, I've always said, DC doesn't have a lot of interesting characters. And that's going to be... Which is a testament to you, and it's you know it's why we're all sitting in this room having this conversation because you could have just as easily, if you were just a shallow, pedantic, stuck-up comic book fan, you could have gotten that and went, oh, thank you very much, and then either sold that thing on eBay or threw it in the trash. But it is still in the box, and it is sitting at your desk. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is so. So that just goes to show you that uh, there is no judgment when it comes to comic books. I mean. Yeah, we may be critical of comic books, but at the end of the day, there there is no judgment. Um, so, going back to Suicide Squad and, and, bo- and going back to DC Comics, um, what do you want to see going forward, Ponte? Because it, you're going to see more. Because $161 million in a week... It, Warner Brothers is not going to care about the critical reaction to it. They're going to say enough people went to go see this that we're going to it warrants something else. So, do you want to see a Joker Harley Quinn standalone? Do you want to see do you want to maybe see a death in the family? Because from the from the sound of it David Ayer, who by the way did Training Day, is the director of Training Day if oh, I'm not okay. mistaken. Um he um he has given a little bit of backstory in that, I don't know if you remember in Batman v Superman, but uh, Robin's suit was in that movie, and it had some Joker writing on it, which I would have loved or would have liked to have seen in Suicide Squad as little, maybe not as much Joker, maybe little calls of references to Joker's past, but um, do you want to see a death in the family? Because David Ayer has said that the reason that the Joker looks like he does, which is apparently not explained in this movie, I don't know if this is a spoiler because this is a side comment, but apparently this ro- this Joker killed uh, Ben Affleck's version of the Robin, um, and Batman Batman ended up punching uh, the Joker and beating him up so much that it knocked all of his teeth out, and then while in Arkham Asylum he got this new set of teeth and the uh, tattoo damaged on his forehead because that's something that the Joker would absolutely do. Um, but do you want to see something maybe like a death in the family as far as their backstory, Batman and, and Joker in I, this universe? I, I feel like if you're going to continue with a Harley Quinn character, I feel like maybe uh, maybe a Birds of Prey movie, something like that. Uh, I feel like that, wor- that would work where you, you have a strong female cast, you have a uh, maybe you can add or more interesting you can introduce. Obviously, I, there was talk of Oracle being in Batman versus Superman. Uh, Oracle, obviously, uh, yeah. Let, let's iteration of Batgirl. Yeah, right, let's right. let's break down a little a little bit of the DC stuff because I know a lot of people they're acclimated to the Marvel universe because they've had so much of it. So why don't you just really quickly just who Oracle is, the Birds of Prey, just kind of the things you want to see and what they are. So Oracle, uh, she's the basically the leader of the Birds of Prey. She's a, kind of a, a watchtower, kind of a, a runs a command center, sort of if you will. She's kind of a, 
the earpiece. I, I don't know how you would explain uh, explain it, uh, what to compare it to. But um, uh, she well Zordon maybe or just not well. well maybe, I, I would maybe say another Zordon. version of well, Nick, Nick Fury or the. Just kind of a person that sits in the in and oversees everything. Yeah, just the command. Behind the, just yeah, command. Yeah, behind the scenes, never on the front lines, yeah. but definitely an important part. Yes, a huge, very important part. Yeah, and Birds of Prey, you just uh, there's a there's other uh, female characters in it. You have the Huntress, uh, Black Canary, who uh, Black Canary is another superhero in the DC universe. She has a and Huntress is kind of an anti in between hero. Um, it depends what version of the Huntress you have. Okay. It, there's a lot of different ones. You obviously have a uh, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn who join in with the Birds of Prey, and uh, as well as a uh, Catwoman works with them sometimes. So as that well. that actually does sound like it would be that because that sounds like a very interesting movie. Like and I, 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 would, I, would I don't know, I don't know too too much about it, so I don't want to mix up mm-hmm. maybe if it's bringing, but, it, but it, it brings in a lot of those strong female characters in the DC universe, and has some of those strong villains which. Seth, you were saying, I, I don't want to talk about this, because you were talking about how Marvel has very interesting characters. I feel like DC has, which w- makes Suicide Squad kind of uh, part of where it sort of works, is that DC, well, DC, you may say, oh, they don't have the most as interesting heroes, as interesting as uh, flawed characters. Like, you don't have the good, uh, you don't have as good a characters. Like, you got... Like Superman's really white bread. Like I don't really. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not very a fan milk, of Superman. Very milk toast. Uh, yeah. But he doesn't have the layers like a Spider-Man has. Right. But you do have so many layers and so many different villains in the DC comic book universe. Like right now, I could probably name about 25, 30 different DC villains. I probably could name five Marvel villains, and wow. I really, I couldn't even name most of the villains in the Marvel movies besides Loki. Wow! Like, lo- you got Loki, Ultron, and then yeah. I mean, obviously, I you know, know, Thanos coming into the, yeah, Thanos, to the pl- play. It's like, I don't even know the. I, I couldn't tell you the villain in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, uh, Ronan, 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 the Destroyer. But no, that and we were talking oh, about the that. Accuser, the, I'm sorry. We were talking about yeah, that the other day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ronan, the I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that the other day. And you're absolutely right. Marvel's superheroes. Their heroes are interesting, but DC's you. villains are the ones, like I said, you know, with the exception of Batman, obviously mm-hmm. being a good three-dimensional character there. But you're right. Their villains are the ones that are more interesting. I, and the more interesting the hero, the more interesting the villain. That's why yes. uh, you have Batman who has his great rogues gallery and then obviously Flash. And the person who has the worst rogues gallery is Superman because he's white bread and so are his, his villains. Um you and That's true. except like Lex Luthor, who oh, uh, God. is usually no, good. No, the real Lex Luthor. The real yeah. Lex Luthor. You mean uh, not Jesse Eisenberg? You mean Edward Nigma from? Uh, Boy, you, they <laughs> nailed it. Man, he was exactly that character. Yeah, Jim Carrey's version of the Riddler, um, which I, that would be a very interesting. Somebody even said Jesse Eisenberg would have been a very good Riddler had he played him like that. Um, which I can see. I think Neil Patrick Harris would be a phenomenal Riddler if he played it correctly. Um, but going forward, I guess my question for you is, and again, so like I said, do you think that they capitalize on the villains and really focus on the villains? Because So one of the things Marvel, I feel, is doing right is they have a cohesive cinematic universe as well as their broadcast television and Netflix series. Are you kind of upset that DC still hasn't gotten in line with their television series and their movies because when The Flash showed up in Batman v Superman, I had no idea who it was. And I know that there are multiple versions of The Flash. Um, so is that something that you would maybe want to see? I, I definitely think that the, the work that they're doing telling stories, which I feel like you got to do a lot of work, especially with DC. DC is a lot of stories. you got to be able to tell the stories. Uh DC kind of rely would rely better on TV, and I feel like the yeah. work that they're doing with Arrow, with Flash, even uh, Supergirl, what they're working on. I mean, it's uh, I, I I'm I'm not gonna add Gotham into that. But, uh, you know what? But, uh, I was <laughs> just about to ask you. Almost every time this conversation happens, whether we're talking about it recorded or, or just 
you know, in general conversation, I feel like Gotham is constantly left out of the conversation. Is it show still it's like, on? These are all our the villains. They're all twenty years older than Batman. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because when he came of age, like Batman in forty, he would just be beating up like a nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about Martha. Martha danced with me at the ball in the forties. <laughs> Um, yeah, so do you want to see more cohesiveness between those two I, things? I, I would have liked more cohesiveness. Uh, I would have liked them to have, obviously, the, the Flash from the TV series and the flat and the Arrow. Uh, I'm not seeing previews, seeing uh, how the actor who's playing the Flash in the cinematic universe is. I, I'm not disappointed with it. I actually... I from the justice league trailer from yeah. what i've seen from wonder woman i'm actually excited for those movies because they they look like they're taking they're focusing more on thing yeah i i talked about it with seth too i i feel like i like the justice league trailer because there's one huge hole that's filled and that's not being filled and that's the hole of the man superman he's not in he doesn't look like he's in the trailer <laughs> right so you're like yeah. i'm like oh oh good it'll be watchable <laughs> Well, and Seth and I talked about it in an earlier podcast, but that movie had more fun and laugh. Oh, I'm sorry, that trailer had more laughs and enjoyment in it in the Justice League trailer than the entirety of Batman v Superman. Yeah. And I feel like maybe humor and lightheartedness is the one thing Marvel gets right that I feel like DC is sorely lacking. That I think Suicide Squad really tried to inject and, some. And you're gonna fun into you're gonna kind of need that humor. I mean. Di- I feel like uh, you can't have the Flash without a little bit of humor. The Flash, he definitely brings a little bit of uh, charisma. At, as serious as he he can get sometimes, he definitely is a lot more lighthearted than most of the other uh, characters. Uh, I feel like, yeah, you definitely can't have it as grim. I think that's the flaw with Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman. Not everyone can be Batman. Not everyone can be as grim as Batman. Yeah. And, you, Superman especially, you can't have him brooding. Boy, He's like, man. oh man, I have so many powers. Boy, oh, man. I can burn things with my eyes. I'm so depressed. Why doesn't anyone love me? Well, that's why they have that depressing Superman song about him. Uh, was that Matchbox 20 or Three Doors Now? No, that, that was, was Dave Matthews' band. No, it's none of those. It was, um, <laughs> I'm more than a bird. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I think it was made by Scrubs. I'm yeah. not dead. He's just walking down, like, in a black trench coat, just rain hitting him on the head, just looking. Oh, I thought Where's... you heard the Eminem song. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, mean, I mean, if I had a horrible father named Kevin Costner, I probably would be that geez. depressing, too. Yeah, and he's all upset. Oh, my dad's gone. You let him get sucked up into a tornado. No, you no. You done something about it. Yeah, Jonathan Kent, worst father ever. He was not a good dad. He was a horrible. We're we're talking about this. He's not a good dad. What? What's that, Clark? You saved a bus full of kids from drowning. Why? Why? (laughs) They're gonna hate you. Everyone's gonna laugh at you. They're gonna laugh at you for saving those kids. He and it's true. We talked about that part from that movie, and he's like, "Why did you do it?" He literally did the example of a heroic thing. Saving a bus full of children. Yes. And he was like, nope, shouldn't have done it. Disappointed in you. I'm not mad. You sit down here and you play Oregon Trail and you learn what it's like to be a human being. Everyone's dying (laughs) of dysentery. (laughs) That's right. You can't always carry all that meat, can you, son? (laughs) You stay under that underpass where you are not protected from the tornado. Don't come for me. Dances with tornadoes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, at least it wasn't Waterworld. Oh, oh man. Well, my parents actually really like that movie. I do too. It's watchable. Honestly. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully the Justice League movie is as watchable as Waterworld. Let me tell you something. You know what DC got right? They said, what's the only way that we're going to get people... Gentlemen, let's go. I'm going to call a meeting real quick. Meeting. Meeting. Alrighty. I don't know if you gentlemen have been watching the uh, the in- the intranet as they call it, but the, the um, web, sir. Yes, the web, yes. The, the World Wide Web. Correct. Um, the Google uh, machine. The the Google machine has been saying that uh, the Ben Affleck choice has has not been going over very well. So 
I've got an idea I wanted to pitch it to you guys. What if we made everything else bad? What if everything else was worse than Ben Affleck in our new film? That way everybody can say, well, at least Ben Affleck was good. So what you want us to do, sir, is to make things worse by comparison. So instead of making things better, you want us to go the opposite direction of that. Absolutely. Wouldn't it be more productive to do the opposite? I mean, first we can approve upon the Affleck and then approve upon the other characters. Am I right, Johnson? Sir, what do we do if Affleck is actually good? Right, because I didn't want to bring it up, but Johnson has a good point. What um, what source did you say that, that people weren't liking the Affleck? Because... Our reports say that, that he actually was surprisingly uh, well-received. Did, did you get those reports from the intranet? Because that's what my kids use, and my kids tell me everything that's happening in the world today. I, so you two better lock this down and shut it up real quick, because I'm hearing questions and not solutions. I want you to go out, and I want you to find me the worst Lex Luthor. I want you to find me the worst storyline. I want you to find me the worst resolution for two characters in a fight, and I want you to put it in one movie. Okay, I'll send you a, 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 an email with four attachments. <laughs> so you can see about that. Oh, my God. Also, I'd like access to the intranet. I've, uh, I've never seen that. That's probably why I didn't read the articles. So if you can send us that material, we'll, we'll get right on it, sir. Uh, maybe I could speak to my wife, Martha. <laughs> your wife is named Martha? <laughs> Is your wife named Martha? No, but um, it's, uh, it's 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 Ruth actually, but it's a very pretty name. Oh, thank you, thank yes. you. Anyway, that is literally. Meanwhile, God, I wish you could have it queued up. But meanwhile, cut to Marvel and they're just playing. We're in the money, and they're just spinning around in a circle. Um, who, who who do we got left? I don't know. Ghost Rider. Uh, Nick Cage's contract's up, right? Yeah, yeah just. Put him on ABC. Cue up the Squirrel Girl comic. <laughs> um, so that seems like that seems like where things sit right now is that DC may be able to get the ground work laid. They may be hitting the ground running with Suicide Squad. Critically, so the, we'll end it with this. Critically. As far as critics are concerned, and critically as far as the audience is concerned, it seems that 2016 has been the great divide. We've got a lot of films coming out where critics say, that sucks. And then the audience says, we love it. So, it's kind of like the election cycle. Um, <laughs> we won't get into that. But should people should people uh, uh, just shun reviews altogether and just go or is that buying into the problem and giving studios the money that they want um without any accountability because i'll tell you something right now uh, warner brothers is the electronic arts of movies they come out and say hey we got a movie for you uh but wait a year and we've got all this uh extra content for you we've got deleted scenes we've got all the all these you just buy the extended cut put it in the movie so, do you feel like people should be looking at the, these reviews and, and taking them into consideration? Or is it a, uh, I, if I'm interested in the trailer, I'll go see it. If not, I won't. Well, what do you guys think? Uh, I'm going to say this. I, I feel like if you if you want to read the reviews, you can read the reviews. I think you can go on and see, just to gauge. If you are interested in seeing the movie before you read the reviews, I'd say still go see the movie. I'm all about formulating your own opinions about stuff. I'm all about... You can't really judge a movie until you've seen it. Uh, and I feel like if... Like I said, going into the movie, just kind of... Just shutting it off and just watching it as a movie. I feel like really made it an enjoyable film for me. And I feel like... I, I know people, some people are like, Oh, I can't, I can't just shut it off. I can't just turn off this gift <laughs> that I have. <laughs> but I... I feel like just watching a movie as a movie, just like it, it not caring about plot points, not ha care, settling on every detail. 
I mean, granted, there was some parts of the movie that were like, oh my god, like stop playing these songs so loudly. Yeah. I don't need to hear these songs. <laughs> but, but yeah, just just watch the movie and formulate your own opinions. And don't go on Wikipedia and look up the entire plot of the movie and go, oh, this looks like a good movie, and then go see it. Because I can't tell you how many people I know that will go and read the plot of a movie after it comes out, and then they'll go see it, which that kind of seems like defeating the purpose. I know people are like, I want to see if this is a good movie. Well, don't read the entire plot because you've essentially killed all of the chances for a reveal, for a twist. But it's okay to read the plot of the movie and realize that it sucks and not want to see it, right? Oh, if it's leaked. Uh, Definitely if it's leaked. Right. Well, even after it's leaked. Yeah. Because you can still find the plot of a movie once it's released. I mean, yeah. you probably could have read the plot of Suicide Squad and still not figured out. That's a <laughs> <laughs> That is a very good point. Well, it sounds like uh it sounds like the editors had that problem. It sounds like the director had that problem. They uh <laughs> I don't think anybody was was on board. But I, I, I agree with Monte. You know you you need you need that, that finesse, that fine line of both. Read the reviews just like you'd read a review of any type of product you would buy but in the end you know the choice is going to be on you and you alone so read the reviews take them with a grain of salt and then like you said if you're still uh interested you know you like the trailers you're still interested in in seeing the movie go check it out it's it's that simple you know it's it's you're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it but it was an experience regardless and if you and if you go in, I, I will tell I'll tell you this. I, as as a person that has seen a lot of bad movies, don't walk out angry. If if this is if you're walking in with the expectation that it could be bad, if if it's going to be bad, enjoy the fact and revel in the fact that you think it's a bad movie. Because there's going to be somebody in there that is just as happy as you, but they think that it, it's an okay time. So don't. You know, we were, we've been very critical of some movies here on this podcast, but the one thing we never want to do is we never want to step on or denounce or put anybody down for feeling, feeling passionate about stuff because that's why we're having this conversation. Uh, we just want to inform people about what we think, and there are some times that people's hearts and minds and wallets are in the wrong place. I feel like, you know, Monte, you, you brought it up repeatedly. I feel like they tried with this one. And then maybe they tried to do the right things, even if they went the wrong way about it. Maybe they tried to do the right thing for the first time in, I don't know, a couple of DC movies. Yeah, they they, they definitely tried. They definitely weren't weren't shooting for a perfect movie. It it's definitely a it definitely but it, they definitely were looking to make a good, fun movie. They weren't trying to be over the top. They weren't trying to make a critically acclaimed movie they were just trying to make a fun movie that you could go see on a friday saturday night you can enjoy if you like comics if you like just movies in general yeah you can like you it'll be a fun time at the movies i mean i i i would i would go see this movie again i'm not saying it's a great movie like i said it's it's kind of a uh in the spectrum of the comic book movies that there are to see it's kind of in that lower mid but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely recommend someone go see it I, uh, and formulate your own opinion about it. I definitely would tell people, if you want to go watch it, if you want to see it, if you want to formulate your own opinions, definitely go watch it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, one last question. I think we'll wrap it up. If you guys could be any character in Suicide Squad, who would it be and why? Seth. Harley Quinn. Yeah, you do look good in cut-off shorts. You know it. Monte, who would it be? Oh, that's a tough one. I would probably... I would not be Slipknot. I would definitely not be Slipknot. Slipknot was just not an interest. I mean, like I said, some characters were well-developed. Obviously, Harley Quinn and, and Deadshot, El Diablo, very well-developed. But Captain Boomerang, like you said, you love him, but he wasn't developed. You didn't know a lot about him. Slipknot wasn't developed, didn't know a lot about him, so... I wish they'd have done more for those characters, but... I, I will say my mind says I would want to be Deadshot, but my heart says Captain Boomerang. Of course. Just for Pinky. Just for <laughs> Pinky. I would love to be Captain Boomerang. Who doesn't want to be an Australian 
who can who, throw who, who, who can throw a boomerang, uh, drinks a lot of energy drinks and loves unicorns. Has a fetish for unicorns. Okay, see, I'm getting, see that's why I would like to see it again because, you know, now that I you know you get to pick mm-hmm. up on all the stuff you didn't see the first time. Didn't know that, but I, I get it now. <laughs> oh. And I would be Viola Davis because I would get in the pants. That about wraps it up for Alex Explains It All. This has been Real Talk, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Monte, for joining us on this journey. Uh, for producer Seth, uh, we'll see you next time, folks. Good night. Good night. Chowski.